What's a vending machine sound like? What does a vending machine sound like? Yeah, what does a vending machine sound like? Well, first you gotta put in the dollar. Jane. There it is. You gotta type the buttons. Doop, 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 doop. (laughs) The thing starts moving, and it's like... What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Speaking as a Free Action Podcast. I'm joined today with Tyler and CJ. CJ's dying, but that's okay. We're moving past it. Um, I'm not dying anymore. Oh, it's a dying. rough way to start the pod. <laughs> no, I'm good, bro. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody that listens to this, like, like it's just going to be like, oh my god, is CJ, is CJ dying? <laughs> CJ is actively dying. I am looking at him on webcam. Uh... Welcome back. Today we are reviewing the Paladin class. You all voted for it on the page. Uh, Barbarian and Bloodhunter almost won, surprisingly. Or maybe it was Fighter and Barbarian. I can't remember which one. Um, Bloodhunter almost won. And I think it was Barbarian that almost won. But Paladin ended up pulling ahead. One of the few S classes that we put... Or one of the two S classes we put... um, and I don't think any of us have played a paladin yet. None of us three. The three of no. us? No. Yeah. No. So it, this is pretty fresh for all of us. I made a subclass for a paladin. Um, so I'm going to have to remember to not accidentally read off the subclass I made that's on D&D Beyond. Um, I like your subclass, though. Maybe I do. We too. should read it. Okay. Maybe we will. Maybe that's how we'll advertise it again. Um, I But t- today in preparation, I was like, I need to like you know, kind of review, like, listen to somebody review the Paladin class, and, you know, so I googled like, how to play a Paladin guide on 5e, and, uh, the first video that popped up, it starts off, and they're, like, you know, it's these two guys, I I can't remember their channel, I'm I'm gonna say something negative, so I don't want to say who their channel is, it starts off, and they give this, like, huge roleplay, like, heroic Paladin speech, and I'm just like cringing the whole time and I felt terrible but like I'm like dude it's like 10 minutes worth of the first like the video just started let's just tell me how to play the class I just need to know so I didn't watch the video so we're just getting into it I I watched the whole speech and they got started and I was like I can't do this anymore well that's Um, one thing that's one thing with the paladin class that's I've heard a, a lot about, um, especially from, you know, my other friends that play D&D because they're very strict to the rules. Yeah. Like when he played Paladin, like I would talk to him about how his party and his friends want to do something, but in game his character, he's like, we can't do that because cause he's a Paladin. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't like his morals wouldn't allow him to do that. And his DM is like, are you going to say something about that? And then he's like, yeah, I have to. Oh, that's see, kind that's of something terrible. that we, well, I mean, you know, that, well, they play, like I said, very strictly. Very strict, or at yeah. least they did in that one. They play very strictly. And like, you know, if they're doing something bad, the paladin can't just bat an eye because right. he's a paladin. So they ran it pretty, pretty strict. We don't really enforce that in our games, honestly. No. Um, 
Even Dylan, who I'd say is probably our strictest DM, like, if he did anything like that, Hulfmere would have been an anti out a long time ago. It's true. Um, That's one I, thing to keep in mind with Paladin as well. You might have a DM who's like, you know, you're playing Paladin, you're like a super good boy. I, I think some of my favorite Paladins, though, have the Superman effect, which is I love it when they're evil. Like, yeah, I love an evil paladin. And it doesn't even, I guess, have to be truly evil, but just not a, not your stand-up, bright, shining paladin. You know, like, somebody that's a little negative, I think it's fun. I think it's just different. And I think that's why in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, they eliminated paladin and just made champion. And champion is essentially paladin's old skill set with just reworded um, effects. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's it, what it is is you're pretty much you're the champion a champion fighter of your god of your deity um, and that made it less uh, you know bright and shiny colors and less or more they're just a guy that follows this certain deity and this is how they act because it's very open in uh, Pathfinder lore that there's like these very evil locations like places where like slave slavery and necromancy is like totally legal um, and so it just makes sense that like there would be paladins out there or champions that follow <laughs> negative gods. Um, yeah. but yeah, so we're, yeah, we're reviewing paladin. Um, so the plan is that we will run through everything in the base paladin built, no subclasses yet. After we get through all of paladins one through 20 class features, then we'll jump into subclasses, kind of read through those. That way we have a brief understanding of everything that they can do. Um, after that, we'll jump into some of their optional features that uh, Tosh has introduced. And then lastly, we'll kind of review more of their spells. But as we get to certain levels, we'll try to jump back and forth to their spell list, see if anything stands out immediately. Um, if you're like us and you've... The, well, I've had very little Paladin experience. You guys have had a lot more Paladin experience. I've only really seen Smite Paladins. And I feel like there's a lot of people that, that have the same problem uh i know they can cast spells but they typically are very reserving of their spells so that they can smite all the time so i'll be very interested to see what they can cast especially higher levels um and what they can do so jumping right into it first thing we have is hit points i'm going to start real real base a paladin has 1d10 hit points very easy uh starting off too with their proficiencies all armor and shields they're proficient with. All simple weapons and martial weapons they're proficient with. No tools. Their saving throws are wisdom and charisma. Uh, and they could choose from a list of other skills to pick from. And jumping into their actual class features, their first thing that they get is a divine sense. Um, the presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor. And powerful good rings and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears as an action you can open your awareness to detect such forces until the end of your next turn you know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet of you that is not behind total cover you know the type celestial fiend or undead of any being whose presence you sense but not its identity the vampire count Strahd von Zarovich for instance 
Within the same radius, you also detect the presence of any place or object that has been consecrated or desecrated, as with the hollow spell. You can use this feature number of times per day equal to one plus your charisma mod. When you finish a long rest, you regain all expended uses. I thought they had used a spell slot for this. But I guess not. No, they don't. It's just like, you know, a number of uses per day because I Hulfmere does it all the time. Our pound in our game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does it all the time and Dylan every time because I'm an ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> uh, he always says, you know, he detects me and he, he smells evil or whatever because Josh is a tiefling. That's awesome. Literally every time. Um, I kind of wish Wizards got something like this, but with detect magic. Just to help kind of balance out the... Because, like, I mean, they get, like, a free detect alignment, you know. Uh, why can't wizards get something similar? I guess they get their resting benefits, but still. Uh, so that's Divine Sense. Uh, it's it's pretty strong, honestly. It's a very good thing, especially if you get into a campaign that you're going to actually make use of it. Here is something that also makes them extremely banger class. Uh, Lay on Hands, which you also get at first level. Your blessed touch can heal wounds. You have a pool of healing that replenishes when you take a long rest. With that pool, you can restore a number of hit points equal to your paladin level times five. As an action, you can touch a creature and draw power from the from the pool to restore a number of hit points that a creature or to that creature, up to the maximum amount of energy remaining in your pool. Alternatively, you can spend five hit points from your pool to cure the target of one disease or neutralize one poison affecting it I did not know that that's huge why have I never seen that before like in any game you can cure multiple diseases and neutralize multiple poisons with a single use of lay on hands expending hit points separately for each one this feature has no effect on undead or constructs I had no idea you could use five of those hit points to cure the target of one disease or poison affecting it. I don't know that either. Holy I shit. Guess, but I guess it just hasn't come up in our campaigns a lot. That's true, mm-hmm. but that's awesome. Because there's... They gain, uh, what, like, uh... Well, I guess maybe cure poison or disease isn't, like, in this game. Like it is in Pathfinder. I think it's just lesser restoration in 5e. But... That's awesome. Man, before yeah. you keep going... I was going to say, if mm-hmm. we, I don't think we'll get time uh, on this one, but maybe in another uh, sesh, we could. I want to compare it to the Pathfinder. I thought about doing that, actually, with uh, the. So, going to Seth's wedding, we're, we're going to have time in between, so we're going to have to fill like two episodes. Maybe that would be a good one that we, we get one class of 5e and we compare it to another class of Pathfinder and make it like a two part episode. Don't know what you guys think about that, but I like that idea a lot. I think it could yeah, be fun. Like <clears throat> Fighting styles for Paladin. Uh, that's what you also get at level one. So everything so far has been a level one feature. You get five things at level one. Uh, two well, of I which are to say about typical. Yeah. I think that's the best healing in the game. Probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to note on that as well. I think I did the last sesh or the one before that one about how you could argue Paladins are the best healer in the game mm-hmm. because of that. I'm not for certain exactly what spells they can take as well, but I believe that they can get healing ward, healing word, you know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, if they can, then if you have it, like, I'm sure 
it hasn't happened very often, but you know, the uh, the ability for a paladin to go full healer, like they could probably do an extremely good job. Probably go more like a cleric. Well, I guess that's like where people are like, well, you might as well go cleric, but still. I think the paladin fills that role as well, at least as in like an off healer uh, role, if not running just a straight healing. healer. Yeah, and, and the guaranteed healing that you get is just insane, and it's pretty much, you know, a lot of healing at every level. You know what I mean? Because even right. at level one, twenty-five points of healing is fat, and then like you go to level two. Um, and uh what is, is it, it 25 level one? no it's five yeah because yeah it's one time it's five times your level oh i'm sorry i read that wrong i, was gonna say, I didn't realize it was that much i don't know why I th- I th- yeah it was my fault yeah. you i'm guaranteed but just... whenever you start getting whenever you start getting to a higher level like yeah. whenever you get to you know eighth level you have, uh, what, 40? 40 points of healing, and that's guaranteed? Something like that, yes. And you could spread it out, which is nice. Yes. Yeah, they definitely could fill that that gap of of needed healing, for sure. Especially if you ran, like, a harder, um, like, healing rule set. Like, I know some people will play with the, uh, uh, long rest is, like, a week, and a short rest is a day. Um, you know, this could definitely help solve that problem. Um, okay, yeah, moving on from Lay on Hands, and if we're good, fighting styles, I'm pretty sure they're good at just about everything. I don't know Blessed Warrior. Oh, you get two cantrips of your choice from the cleric spell list that count as paladin spells. Okay. Uh, that's kind of like the druidic warrior that you can get for, like, uh, ranger. Um, besides that, they get... Blind fighting, defense, dueling, great weapon fighting, interception, and protection. Um, I've actually heard a lot of debate that people say don't go great weapon fighting, uh, which just makes or allows you to reroll ones and twos on damage die. Um, I think Josh has taken that on every character he's ever played. Yes, he has. I hear more people say go defense because it's more reliable. Instead of getting that reroll chance, you get a plus one to your AC. So... I mean, it makes sense, but great weapon fighting is so much more fun when it just rolls nice for you. Well, great weapon fighting, you have to use a great weapon, right? Like a two-handed? You have to use the two-handed or versatile property to gain this benefit. Oh, or versatile. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, two-handed longsword, I'm thinking. Oh, no, it just says two-handed or versatile. So you could just go So you long- could one-hand them? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what cool. I think, I... yeah. Huh, okay. Um... So yeah, fighting style, fighting style, pretty standard. Um, oh, they actually get that at second level, the fighting style. Okay. Um, also at second level, they gain spell casting. Uh, so this is when you're going to start seeing uh, the start of the never-ending thing that is smiting. Um, trying to see if there's anything interesting you need to know. Not really. I mean, they have real basic. They scale off charisma for their spell casting modifier. Uh, they are half casters, so they're never going to have as much potential as like a wizard. Um, but they're still going to have prominent casting. Also at second level, after you get spell casting and your fighting style, this is this is the thing. 
Divine Smite. Starting at second level, when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you can expend one spell slot to deal radiant damage to the target, in addition to the weapon's damage. The extra damage is 2d8 for a first level spell slot, plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than first, to a maximum of 5d8. The damage increases by 1d8 if the target is an undead or a fiend, to a maximum of 68. It's insane. So there's like so many positives in this sentence. First off, it has to be when you hit. And as a first level, you're adding a, a d8 or 2d8 to it. Uh, if you're rolling great weapon fighting, that's going to be uh, at least a d10 for a two-handed weapon plus 2d8 at second level. And that's, you know, that's not bonus action spells that you could do either. So there's just, it's amazing. It definitely has got to be the best class. The and, real threat with the Divine Smite, in my opinion, and we've seen our friends do this quite a bit. Is it the critting? Is the crit. The yeah. fact that you have to, the fact that you have to see if you hit first mm -hmm. uh, before you confirm, you know, if you're going to smite or not, you know, you can just save a smite or two always. Oh, yeah. So that way, whenever you roll and you see it's a crit, you're like, all right, cool. I'm definitely smiting because yep. I crit and you're going to double that, that smite damage. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty insane. Do you, do you roll for a crit with a rogue? Do you roll sneak attack twice? In 5e, you double so. all damage dice. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, that's true. That's 5e, you do roll. Yeah, that is true. Could could you imagine a swashbuckler rogue with levels in paladin smiting on a crit? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I'm going to write that one down for the books. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Divine Smite, it's incredible. It's an amazing feature. It Another thing is that it doesn't technically, it's technically not a spell. You just use a spell slot in order to use it, uh, meaning it works in silence. It works in um, really anything. It's it's probably the best class feature that exists. Um, and you can also use so if you do multi, right? You go into sorcery, you go into warlock, you go into bard, whatever. You can use any spell slot. It doesn't have to be primarily just the paladin one. So if you're like a level three paladin, level seventeen warlock or sorcerer. All those sorcerer spell levels you have all are able to be used for a smite um and i think that's how a lot of paladins build later on in multi-class with so that they get as many smites as they can as well as the other beneficial spells oh i love paladin it's amazing i'd never want to play it so now <laughs> we're jumping into level three where you get divine health by third level, the divine magic flowing through you makes you immune to disease. It's not really crazy. It's kind of basic. I didn't but realize they got that so early. Yeah. Just you, though. But still. Immune to disease. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, at third level, they also get their sacred oath, which is their um, subclass. Uh, but we'll read more to that later. Uh, I believe they also gain their channel divinity at that time. I think a lot of them share channel divinity abilities but we'll double check those um every fourth level you get your ability score increase at fifth level you get uh your extra attack and i don't know how many attacks they get i think okay so they're just like ranger they only get two attacks ever 
Yeah, beginning at fifth level, you can attack twice instead of once whenever taking the attack action. I think the only class that gets more attacks is Fighter, right? I feel like Barbarian also got more. I don't think so. I could think remember. that's Pathfinder. And also oh, monk. Uh, attack oh, with monk. bonus that's action. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, jumping into sixth level, Aura Protection. Aura Protection is extremely nice. Starting at 6th level, whenever you or a friendly, friendly creature within 10 feet of you must make a saving throw, the creature gains a bonus to the saving throw equal to your charisma mod modifier with a minimum of 1. You must be conscious in order to gain this or grant this effect. Um, and then at 18th level, this range is increased to 30 feet. Uh, and it's any kind of saving throw. Uh, it can be Dex, Con, Wisdom, Charisma, Intel, it doesn't matter. If you're within 10 feet, they get to give you a bonus, which they're probably going to have a pretty good Charisma bonus if possible. Uh, so that's automatically going to be on top of whatever you already have for this bonus. You're looking at a plus three minimum, I think. So, can't beat it. And then at 18th, it's huge. Uh, jumping into 8th level, another ability score. 10th level, Aura of Courage. Very similar to Aura Protection. Starting at 10th level, you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you cannot be frightened while you are conscious. At 18th level, the range of this aura increases to 30 feet. Um, yeah, so... You get a bonus of saves, and you can't be frightened anymore while within 10 to 30 feet of them. I don't know what this is. Improved Smite. This is what I've never made it to. So 11th level. You are so suffused with righteous might that all your melee weapon strikes carry divine power. Whenever you hit a creature with a melee weapon, the creature takes an extra 1d8 radiant damage. Holy moly. Yeah, it's just a, awesome. pretty much a smite going always. Yeah, it's just a free smite. Holy That's moly. Sweet. Okay, well, yeah, I guess this... I don't think there's like any other class that's just like, oh hey, here's some bonus damage. Just yeah, yeah Paladin's Paladin's so good. Just have some bonus yeah. damage. I wonder if in earlier renditions of Paladin, <clears throat> if it was weaker and they were like, are right, we really got to buff this class in five E? We gave Paladin S, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Paladin and cleric. I think uh, I wonder. I would be interested to go back and look at the old 5e versions of Paladin because I, I know Smite is way different in, in Pathfinder. I wonder if you're right and they just buffed the absolute shit out of Paladin this edition. Yeah, well, I guess we could know 3.5 has probably worked very similar to Pathfinder where it was uh, where Divine Smite was just like a bonus to hit for the Paladin and then they gained I think it's bonus, bonus damage too, but it's like they have to be have to evil. look it up. They have to be evil. It's like a bonus action to cast, and then yeah. it's just like on your weapon against that guy for yes. that fight. Oh yeah, and it's not even divine smite. It's um, smite evil. Yes. And if you're an evil character, I think it's smite good. It's just a reverse. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a. It should be. It'd be cool to go back and check them all out. Um, twelfth level, you get your. What is this third ability score? Fourteenth level. Cleansing Touch. Beginning at 14th, 14th level, you can use your action to end one spell on yourself or on one willing creature that you touch. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your Charisma modifier, and you regain expended uses 
when you finish a long rest. So that's like, if you see your ally get mind controlled, uh, raged, anything, you can just walk up and just be like, ended and just help them. I wonder how that would work with like being banished because you can't see your ally. Well, you can't you know? touch them, right? So, oh, so you have to touch them. Okay. Yeah, you, you have to touch, touch them. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't see that. And they have to be willing. So what if they don't want to? Uh, 16th level, you get your ability score improvement. 18th level, uh, this is just your auras. Get your, uh, you get your range of your, range of your auras increased to 30 feet. And then at 19th level, they get another ability score. How many ability scores do they get? So they get the, uh, there's level one. So fourth, eighth, 16th, 12th, I'm sorry, and 19th. So that's five ability score increases. Is that typical? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think most so. classes get that at 19. I, I think, think they I've... get an extra one. Okay, so no wonder. And another reason that makes them amazing is you're probably going to have more amazing stats. Of course, you have to hit level 19, but still. It's also... Uh, that's true if they have more you know, ability scores than other classes, then they could potentially have more feats than other classes right. as well. You can take a feat every time and you take an ability score for them. Right. So. Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, subclasses before you know we get started on those real quick, and I didn't realize because just looking at that list you had, that paladins don't get a level twenty just class ability like all other classes do. Their twentieth no. ability comes in their subclass. Yes, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that, that's different from most classes, yeah. right? Most I think it's the only one. Yeah, that's cool. So every level twenty paladin has something different. Yes, very different. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, I remember because we was going through and reviewing all that's right. 20 and we were like, what's going on? That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're jumping into subclasses. Uh, first one on the list is Oath of Conquest. Uh, this is a very strong one from what I remember. Uh, I'll kind of read some of the uh, some of the flavor text. I won't read all of it, but uh, the Oath of Conquest calls to paladins who seek glory in battle and the subjugation of their enemies. It isn't enough for these paladins to establish order. They must crush the forces of chaos. Sometimes called night tyrants or iron mongers, those who swear this oath gather into grim orders that serve gods or philosophies of war and well-ordered might. Uh, this would be a very good subclass if you're probably going to go more evil. Um, it says here is that uh, some of these paladins will go so far as to consort with the power of the nine hells. Oh, and this is how you get hell knights into uh, 5e. They're just flavored in. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the archdevil Bell, warlord of Avernus, counts many of these paladins called hell knights as his most ardent supporters. Holy shit, they're grim as fuck. Hell Knights cover their armor with trophies taken from fallen enemies, a grim warning to any who dare to oppose them, and the decrees of their lords. These knights are often most fiercely resisted by other paladins. Fiercely, yeah, resisted by other paladins of this oath who believe that the Hell Knights have wandered too far into darkness. Uh, I think in 5e, there's also Hell Knights. Um, it's just like an archetype I think you can take on either fighter or paladin. Um, yeah, and Pathfinder. And uh, they are also very treated in very similar respect, where they're just like, they don't get along with paladins. Like, normal good paladins 
do not like Hell Knights. They do not get along. Um, but I think in Pathfinder, Hell Knights fight demons, but they... That's like that's why they got their name is they they're knights that only go into hell, but they are typically evil knights. They will do whatever it takes to destroy the demon kind. So if it means killing all of their allies to kill the demons, they'll do it. They'll they'll sacrifice them if need be. Um there was one in Wrath of the Righteous, I think you meet, uh, and he yeah. left his allies out as bait for the demons to like swarm in and eat them, and he would just set traps for them over and over again and uh you, your character did not or a lot of your party did not like him uh but he could uh he could become one of your joint allies uh i thought he was really cool just the, the first time i'd seen an aesthetic like that um okay so some of the things you're gonna get first thing you're gonna get is oath of conquest featured oh these are all the features okay uh you get spells your channel divinity or of conquest Scornful Rebuke, Aura of Conquest, 30 feet, uh, and then Invincible Conqueror as your level 20 feature. So some of the spells you're going to get, uh, I think, are a lot of Warlock spells as well. First thing you get is Armor of Agathus, I think is spelled? Yeah, that's called. Spell. Uh, protective Magical Force surrounds you, manifesting as a Spectral Frost that covers you and your gear. You gain five temporary hit points for the duration. If a creature hits you with a melee attack while you have these hit points, the t creature takes five cold damage. Um, it'd be really cool to cast it at higher levels and like really get some some heavy use out of it. Uh, but you get that at third. Uh, you also get command at third. Starting at fifth, you get hold person and spiritual weapon. Ninth level, you get bestow curse and fear. Uh, is fear an AOE? It is an AOE in this. It's a 30-foot cone. Um... 13th level, you get Dominate Beast and Stone Skin. And 17th level, you get Cloud Kill and Dominate Person. So you get some very interesting, very aggressive spells throughout the game. Uh, your Channel Divinity. Um, I think it works similar to Cleric's Channel Divinity, where you get like X amount of uses per day. I don't remember exactly how many. Um, first one you get is your Conquering Presence. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to exude a terrifying presence as an action. You force each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, a creature becomes frightened. The frightened creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of its at the end of each of its turns, ending the effects on a success. Uh, and then you get guided sight or guided strike. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to strike with supernatural accuracy. When you make an attack roll, you can use your channel divinity to gain a plus 10 bonus to the roll. You make this choice after you see the roll, but before the DM says if it hits or not. Pretty I good. that's that's pretty good. You can't really get mad at that. I feel like that's kind of how smite should be. Yeah. Is that wording right yeah. there? I I think if they change smite, a lot of people would be mad because it's going to be a very significant nerf, but I think it's a very balancing nerf. I think if it was just if you just put that wording right there, I think yeah. it'd be fine. You can do it after, after you see you the swing. roll, but before the DM says if it hits or not. Yeah, that's a good middle. Yeah, because you get a feel of like, do I take this risk? Do I know if it's gonna hit? Stuff like that. Um, this is the thing I love: aura of conquest. 
At seventh level, you constantly emanate a menacing aura while you're not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero while in the aura, and that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin if it starts its turn there. At, at 18th level, the range is increased to 30 feet. So, using your conquering presence, you can attempt to make everything around you frightened, right? Within 30 feet of you for a whole minute. Your aura of conquest keeps it from moving and deals a little bit of psychic damage. Uh, I remember, I think when this came out, so did the Leonins, and the Leonins have a roar ability that does something very similar to conquering presence. And uh, it, it just it's gives you... As... Is it what? Yeah, it's it's not as good. But, but it's uh, similar. It is similar, yeah. It, it's a 10-foot range, and I don't think the range increases. Okay. And it makes everything frightened of you. Wow. Um, That's... This one is really strong, though. Oh, yeah. Um, it deals damage and reduces their movement speed to zero. As long as much. they are frightened of you. That's pretty crazy, dude, because yeah. that pretty much means that you're like a death machine. Mm-hmm. Like, They're if you hit something and, like, and you frighten it and you want to kill it, like, you're probably going to kill it. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too. At ninth level, they get fear, which is just a 30-foot cone to fear everything in that cone. And you can just essentially run up on everything you fear, and it can't move away from you. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. So, 15th level, Scornful Rebuke. Uh, those who dare to strike you are psych psychically? Psychically punished for their audacity. Whenever a creature hits you with an attack, that creature takes psychic damage equal to your charisma mod, if you're not incapacitated. I love that. There's... They are psychically punished for their audacity to strike you. Uh, What'd you say, Sam? I'm not sure if I'm just, uh, if you're confusing me or not, but is that, uh, is that physical? Physically? I don't think that's physically. Are you sure? I don't think that's physically. Are we just all stupid? That is not physically. I just googled it. Okay, it's not physically. There's an H in between the, uh... That, yeah, okay. That's Yeah, that's psychically. It's got a... I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that. Psychically? Yeah, I've never heard that word before. Psychically. Uh, yeah. That is a weird word. I, I remember it from Pokemon. There's so many psychic types, they'd be like, Oh, this psychic kinetic powers, and they'd, they'd use that word all the time. But I haven't read it in so many years. I almost thought I was like, maybe CJ might be onto that. Yeah, no, no. yeah. There's not an H after the P, so right. Yeah, psychically. No, I just never heard of that before. Psychically. Psychically. Let's keep saying it. It'll just lose its meaning. Psychically. Psychically. Nice. Physically. <laughs> Physically. Physically. All right. Let's check out level twenty. Invincible conqueror. Level 20, you gain the ability to harness extraordinary martial prowess. As an action, you magically become an avatar of conquest, gaining the following for one minute. First off, you have resistance to all damage. Jesus. When you take the attack action on your turn, you can make one additional attack as part of that action. 
and your melee weapon attacks score a critical hit of 19 or 20. Wow. You are destroying anything that's in your way. You are that's crushing awesome. it. Yeah. I knew it was going to be good when you said uh, Invincible Inc- Conqueror. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. Sick name. Unfortunately, you only get to use it per long rest, but geez, what a cooldown to just be like, yeah, I'm going to kill this like yeah, now. I'm killing this book attack. Yeah. Three attacks and you crit on 19 to 20 and you're your highest level, so you probably have your highest level skill slot or your spell slot available. Amazing. Okay, that is a was it Oath of Conquest. Um, next one we have is Oath of Devotion. Um, the Oath of Devotion binds a paladin to the loftiest ideals of justice, virtue, and order. Sometimes called cavaliers, white knights, or holy warriors, these paladins meet the ideal of the knight in shining armor, acting with honor in pursuit of justice and the greater good. So these are these are your good boys. These are your goodest boys. So we just had your <laughs> some of your baddest boys. Now we're jumping into some of your goodest boys. Um, their channel divinity. What did he get? Wait, didn't something? Oh, I just read differently. Okay. Uh, the last one kind of told you what the features were before you actually got into it. So channel divinity for a oath of devotion. Uh, you get sacred weapon as an action you can imbue one weapon that you are holding with positive energy using your channel divinity for one minute you can add your charisma modifier to attack rolls made with that weapon uh the weapon also emits a bright light in a 20 foot radius and a dim light 20 feet beyond that if the weapon is not already magical it becomes magical for the duration uh you can end this effect as part of an action on your turn or if you are no longer holding or carrying the weapon uh it stops the other one I think is something that a lot of paladins get as a channel divinity, kind of as a filler one. That is turn the undead, or turn the unholy. Uh, as an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer, censoring fiends and undeads using your channel divinity. Each fiend or undead that you can see or hear you within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, if the creature fails the saving throw, it is turned for one minute or until it takes damage. A turn creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as it can. It can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of you. It can't take reactions for its turn. It can only use the dash action or try to escape. So it's like a fear, but not a fear. It just makes them move away from you. Um, I like it, but at the same time, you're only using that if you're losing, and it doesn't mean that they're going to get... It doesn't mean it's going to work unlike conquest which was pretty much like it felt like it was going to work no matter what with whatever their two options were they still had to fail a saving throw but for their stuff from too. what i can tell yeah but from what i can tell uh conquest had uh multiple chances to fear you mm-hmm. yeah they had a ton like, of options uh, devotion it looks like if they can get past that one save unless they have more spells you know which they very well may uh, it's a lot of helpful spells. Um, so, Oath spells for Oath of the Devotion. Uh, third level, you get protection from evil and good, and Sanctuary. Fifth level, you get Lesser Restoration and Zone of Truth. Also, I think Zone of Truth is a... I don't want to say a terrible spell, but not a good spell. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it good. It's very situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just too many loopholes 
to like as a DM to get out of it. Um, <clears throat> ninth level, you get Beacon of Hope, which is really nice actually. Um, Dispel Magic. Thirteenth level, you get Freedom of Movement and Guardian of Faith, and then seventeenth, you get Commune and Flame Strike. Uh, they're pretty good spells all in all, but they're all majorly support spells. Uh, I know Kahim, my cleric, uses a lot of these. So, like this uh, Beacon of Hope, uh, you each target in your range that you choose get advantage on Wisdom saving throws and Death saving throws, and regains the maximum number of hit points possible from any healing spell. Uh, it's a good spell if you need to just like fully top off the party real quick. Um, but it's kind of rough, requires concentration. Um, Guardian of Faith is really nice when you're long resting because just this large spectral guardian appears and hovers. Um, if any hostile creature moves uh, 10 feet of the guardian for the first time on a turn, uh, it attacks it. It does a flat amount of 20 radiant damage, and when the guardian does 60 radiant damage, it disappears. Um, the creature that it's attempting to attack, instead of rolling uh, an attack roll, it must exceed a dexterity saving throw. So it's a little bit different. I don't know commune. You contact your deity or a divine proxy and ask up to three questions. Oh, I used this before. Okay. You receive a correct answer for each question, but the question can be... Divine beings aren't necessarily omniscient, so you might receive an unclear as an answer if a question pertains to an information that lies beyond the deity's knowledge. Uh, I remember using that uh, once in Tyler's campaign, uh, and never again. It kind of helped, but it's just, it's one of those spells that if you don't prep your DM that you have it, and I don't think I told Tyler that I had it, um, it can, it can kind of suck. You, you, can, you can get some, you could get a Goldie, you could get a, uh, I don't know. I haven't read that far ahead yet. Um, I don't yeah. know what's in store for book three yet. Exactly. I can't tell you. I can't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> when we get to seventh level, you get Aura of Devotion. Uh, you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you cannot be charmed while you are conscious. Um, 15th level, you get Purity of Spirit. Uh, you are always under the effects of pro protection from good and evil, uh, which is massive. Um, until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch is protected against certain types of creatures. Aberrations, Celestials, Elementals, Fae, Fiends, and Undead. The protection also grants several benefits. Creatures of these types have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target, the target also cannot be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. And if the target is already charmed, frightened, or possessed by a creature, the target has advantage on any saving throw against the effect. Um, it's nice, and it being a passive ability makes it extremely better because it's a first level spell. So it's just having a passive at 15th level is perfect. Pretty flat. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, level 20. Holy Nimbus. As a 20th level... Is that the name of it? Yeah, Holy Nimbus, yeah. I thought you were just... Just making shit up. Holy Nimbus. Holy Nimbus. As an action, you can emanate light. Or, I'm sorry, emanate an aura of sunlight for one minute. Bright light shines from you in a 30-foot radius and dim light into 30-foot beyond that. 
Whenever an enemy creature starts its turn in the bright light, it takes 10 radiant damage. In addition, for the duration, you have advantage on saving throws against spells cast by fiends or undead. Once you use this feature, you cannot use it again until you finish a long rest. I immediately think with this subclass, it is based purely to play against fiends and undead. If you were like more of an evil style one and you wanted to go against like celestials and stuff, a lot of your stuff wouldn't be as helpful. Yeah. Especially like this last thing, it strictly focuses fiends and undead rather than like celestials and, uh, you know, fey or elementals mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, so this would be a very good one if you were going into like, uh, what's that campaign? Aver uh, Avernus? Descent into... Aver Descent into like Avernus? That I one. That you say? Yeah. The one where you know you're going to fight demons and stuff. Yeah. It'd, it'd be a good one. I have a water on one side and a diet sun kissed on the other side. And I'm just switching between the two every once in a while. Living life. Living it up. Living like Larry. Um, <clears throat> Oath of Glory. Paladins who take the Oath of Glory believe they and their companions are destined to achieve glory through deeds of heroism. They train diligently and encourage their companions so they're all ready with destiny calls. And that's it. That's all you get for flavor text. The other two had like three paragraphs worth of like flavor. You got two lines for Oath of Glory. Your Oath spells. They're pretty cool. Third level, you get Guiding Bolt and Heroism. Fifth level, you get Enhance Ability and Magic Weapon. I did not know Enhance Ability is Pathfinder's Pathfinder's broken out spells. Because here's Bears and... So casting Enhance Ability is yeah. like multiple things you can get, which is like Bears Endurance, Bull Strength, Cat's Grace, Eagle Splendor. Those are all separate spells in Pathfinder. Uh, and they're much better. It's crazy. I didn't know that until just now. Um, yeah, getting magic weapon is also really nice, uh, but you get it at 5th level. 9th uh, level, you get haste and protection from energy. 13th level, you get compulsion and freedom of movement. And 17th level, you get commune and flame strike again, just like uh, Oath of Devotion. 3rd uh, level, your channel of divinity is peerless athlete. As a bonus action, you can channel your divinity to augment your athleticism. For the next 10 minutes, you have advantage on athletics and acrobatics checks. You can carry, push, drag, and lift twice as much weight, and the distance of your long jump and high jump increases by 10 feet. Then you also get Inspiring Spite as your other divinity. Immediately after you deal damage to a creature with your Divine Smite feature, you can use your channel divinity as a bonus action and distribute temporary hit points to creatures of your choice within 30 feet of you. That's awesome. The total number of temporary hit points equals 2d8 plus your level in this class divided among those creatures however you like. Oh. Okay, so you would use Inspiring Smite. You would hit with your Divine Smite. <clears throat> then you roll the 2d8. And then, let's say I get like 14 out of that. Then I can distribute 14 temporary hit points to everyone, including me. So I could give me all 14, or I can split it out evenly amongst everybody. That's pretty cool. I'd almost rather a flat amount per level, but that's pretty nice. 2d8 plus your level, so that maximum you can get 20 plus 2d8. Uh, <clears throat> 17th and 18th level, 
uh, aura of alacrity. You emanate an aura that fills you and your companions with supernatural speed, allowing you to race across a battlefield in formation. Your walking speed is increased by 10 feet. In addition, you if you aren't incapacitated, the walking speed of any ally who starts their turn within 5 feet of you is in increased by... Wait, what? Any ally who starts their turn within <laughs> 5 feet of you increases by 10 feet until the end of that turn. I started thinking Josh had something like this on Nevitosh, I think. Yes, I believe uh, I think this is the class or subclass he was. Is it? I thought he was an Oathbreaker. No, I'm pretty sure this is what he was. Because okay. it wasn't for. Uh, You're it right. It wasn't always this. It got changed. And, like, this is what it ended up being. You know? Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive I remember Nevertash having Peerless Athlete. Well, I also remember the Inspiring Smite heaps a couple times, too. It wasn't as often, but I do remember that. Um. Okay, because I was trying to remember what he was. I could also see yeah, this. I could also see this oath being picked by uh, Seth's character Gallivant. What is uh, what is Holfmere, CJ? Do you know? Oh, no is he devotion? I think he's crown. Hmm. I mean, we'll see when we get there. I think he's yeah. crown. Um. Okay. Fifteenth level. Uh. Glorious defense. You can. Turn defense into a sudden strike. When you or another creature you can see within 10 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to grant a bonus to the target's AC against that attack, potentially causing it to miss the attack. The bonus equals your charisma fire, your charisma modifier. If the attack misses, you can make one weapon attack against the attacker as part of this reaction, provided the attacker is within your weapon's range. It's kind of like, no wait, what was Sentinel? Sentinel is if you got an AOO, you could stop their movement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is pretty good. You can as a, use your reaction to just give a target, a friendly target that's within your reach, really, uh, an AC bonus. Uh, I don't remember Josh ever doing that, but that's 15th level, and I think that may be after we finish the campaign. Yeah, 15th level, yeah, you got, the last fight you guys were in was 14th. Was 14th, okay. Um, level 20 is a living legend. You empower yourself with the legends, whether true or exaggerated, of your great deeds. As a bonus action, you gain the following benefits. You are blessed with an over otherworldly presence, gaining advantage on all charisma checks. Once on each of your turns when you make a weapon attack and miss, you can cause that attack to hit instead. Okay. If you fail a saving throw, you can use your reaction to re-roll it. You must use this new roll. I don't really care for this one. Yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah. I agree. For a level 20, it's kind of... Yeah. I mean, you can guarantee one hit per turn. But that's really... I mean, use your reaction to reroll a saving throw, but you have to use it. I don't know. I think they, I think that just could have been improved. I agree. Uh, moving into Oath of Redemption. Um, I think I've heard that Oathbreakers that want to change pick this one a lot. Uh, the Oath of Redemption sets a paladin on a difficult path, one that requires a holy warrior to use violence only as a last resort. Paladins who dedicate themselves to this oath believe that any person can be redeemed and that the path of benevolence and, and justice is one that anyone can walk. Again, another... I was a bad guy. Oh, wait, what was that song? We were bad, but now we're good. You remember that? Y'all remember that meme? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like a... This, like, it's like a group of like child predators and they're like going through this rehab thing. 
and they're all dancing we were bad and now we're good (laughs) it's really funny you've seen it before I know you have Uh, yeah I know what you're talking about yeah um oh spells third level you get sanctuary and sleep sleep uh fifth level you get calm emotions and hold person ninth level you get counter spell and hypnotic pattern 13th you get I'm not gonna get this right Otoluki's Resilient Sphere? Never heard of that. Uh, Stone Skin. And 17th, you get Hold Monster and Wall Force. Uh, Immediately, it seems like all of your spells are to not fight. Your whole goal is to be a pacifist. Um, Otoluki's Resilient Sphere. Otoluke? Otoluke's? Otoluke's? A sphere of shimmering force encloses a creature object of large size or smaller within range. An unwilling creature must make a deck save. On a fail, he is enclosed. Nothing but physical objects, energy, or other spell effects can pass through the barrier in or out, though a creature in the sphere can breathe there. I think they did this in the critical role uh, Battle Royale. I think, uh... Who... Wasn't there an artificer, Tyler, with, like, a robot? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think he cast this on himself. And then the robot oh, the just... Bubble? The bubble? I think that might be the spell. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was a spell. I thought it was an item, but yeah, you might be right. It may be. It may, it may be new. It may have been an addition to this class. Um, but moving on to Channel Divinity. Uh, first off, you get Emissary of Peace. When using... You can use your Channel Divinity to augment the presence... Your presence with Divine Power. As a bonus action, grant yourself plus five to charisma persuasion checks for the next 10 minutes. And rebuke the violent. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to rebuke those who use violence immediately after an attacker. Immediately after an attacker within 30 feet of you deals damage with an attack against a creature other than you, you can use your action to force the attacker to make a wisdom save. On a fail save, the attacker takes radiant damage equal to the damage it just dealt. Wow. That's pretty crazy. On a successful save, it takes half damage. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, Or of the Guardian at 7th level, you can shield others from harm that at the cost of your own health. When a creature within 10 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to magically take that damage instead of the creature taking it. This feature doesn't transfer any of the effects that might accompany the damage, and this damage can't be reduced in any way. That's also another really good one. Uh, protective spirit at 15th level a holy presence mends your wounds in battle you regain hit points equal to 1d6 plus half your paladin level if you end your turn in combat with fewer than half your hit points remaining that's a really good one just like a minor heal per turn okay which starting that would be like 1d6 plus 7 but that's not bad. So it kind of seems like a uh, like a tank. Yeah. Because it seems like all of their healing damages a so it looks like it's all just for them. Well, I mean, uh, or the guardian. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, uh, anyone, but that's ten feet for most. Yeah. I, until which usually level. that's going to be just you. But you're right. At eighteenth level, it does help most of your party, but. Until 18th level, that's usually only going to affect you. It might affect yeah. like your your buddy, your frontliners, or your 
Yeah, whenever you're side by side, but other than that, you know. You also can't use Aura of the Guardian unless it's on someone else. And the uh, Channel Divinity Rebuke of Violent only works if you see it happen within 30 feet to uh, another creature besides you. So unless these two things don't line up, you know, they're kind of wasted. Um, 20th level of the Guardian, it, it, or Aura of the Guardian, it always works on you. Which is what I'm saying. It seems like this would work as a, like a tank build. What do you mean? You can shield others from harm at the cost of your own health when a creature within 10 feet of you takes damage. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I misread that. You're I, thought, good. I thought it worked like an aura. No, no, no. It's only if your allies within your aura that you can take that damage for I them. I see. Yeah. Um, and then 20th level, you get Emissary of Redemption. Uh, you become an Avatar of Peace, which gives you two benefits. You have resistance to all damage dealt by other creatures. And whenever a creature hits with an attack, it takes radiant damage equal to half the damage you take from the attack. Wow. So they kind of get like a nerf version of their, uh, uh, their rebuke the violent, and it's just a per turn ability. Oh, wait, what is this? If you attack a creature, cast a spell on it, or deal damage to it by any means but this feature, neither benefit works against that creature until you finish a long rest. Oh, this is going at all times. Unlike the other ones, you had to use a bonus action or, or something per day to use it. Emissary of Redemption is active at all times. As long as you don't hit or damage or cast a spell on a creature. So if they attack you just like out of, the, out of nowhere, they take damage and you're fine. Okay. That's kind of why I'm like, so like, think of think of this because I was looking at their level twenty. Uh huh. If they can command, like a BBEG or like a big bad, um, to fight them, mm -hmm. and they take the dodge action every turn. You know what I mean? But if um, they are you saying command like casting the spell command? Sure. But or that like that they can companion... Uh, that's true. Yeah. But th there's something else I realized in this too. So you have resistance to all damage dealt by other creatures, right? And then the next part of it is whenever a creature hits, it takes radiant damage equal to half the damage you take from that. So they're only taking a quarter of damage. Oh, it's gonna, yeah, it's true. Plus so it's like... Okay. It, this yeah. seems to be, I guess, for every first hit a creature does to you. Yes. Because that radiant damage will negate this further, right? Mm -hmm. No, that radiant damage is the only thing that uh, is allowed to hurt them without counting Oh, but this feature. Okay, yes. But, I mean, so maybe there's a way you can play it, like, with the other abilities that you can, like, still deal damage without breaking this in a way. But overall, it seems kind of... I, I, I was kind of into it up until here. The 20th level thing is not rewarding enough to me. Well, I'm thinking it could work like a tank. Like, if you can find a way to compel yeah. Big Dude to fight the, you know... Like, if somebody casts command on them besides you and makes them fight you. Right. Yeah. That'd be the, like... Um, or if you got in a 1v1 situation, something like that. Like, it works, but... 
I'm just not as impressed with the level 20 as I thought I would be. The other stuff I enjoy. I really like the other things. It's just that 20th level John is just not not doing it for me. <laughs> Very situational. Very. We're laughing at Tyler. You don't like that I say John? I uh, know. I love it. <laughs> uh, Oath of the Ancients. I think I've looked into this. I think this is the Druid one. It is. The Oath of the Ancients is as old as the race of elves and the rituals of the Druids, sometimes called Fey Knights, Green Knights, or Horned Knights. Paladins who swear this oath cast their lot with the side of the light in the cosmic struggle against darkness because they love the beautiful and life-giving things of the world, not necessarily because they believe in principles of honor, courage, and justice. They adorn their armor and clothing with images of growing things, leaves, antlers, or flowers, to reflect their commitment to preserving life and light in the world. Well, that's cute. But we're here to kill demons. <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. Uh, so you channel divinity, you get nature's wrath. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to invoke prim primeval? Primeval? That's not primeval. 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 I'm going to say primeval. Is it not primeval? I, I didn't think it was. But it... Okay. I'm going to try primeval. Primeval forces. We'll go with that. Primeval forces to ensnare a foe. As an action, you can cause spectral vines to spring up and reach for the creature within 10 feet of you that you can see. The creature must succeed on a strength or dexterity saving throw or be restrained. While restrained by the vines, the creature repeats the saving throw at the end of its turn. On a success, it frees itself and the vines vanish. It's kind of like a uh, entangle spell. Uh, then you have turned the faithless. Uh, you can use your channel divinity to utter ancient words that are painful for fey and fiends to hear. As an action, you prevent your holy symbol and each fiend, fey or fiend within 30 feet of you that can hear must make a wisdom save. On a failed save, the creature is turned for one minute. So it's it's kind of like the same idea again. Oh, if the creature's true form is concealed by an illusion, shape-shifting, or other effect, that form is revealed while it is turned. Ooh. Yeah, but this one only affects fey or fiends. But it does have a little bit more extra, extra, extra stuff. Um, third level spells, you get ensnaring strike, speak with animals. Fifth level, you get misty step and moonbeam. Ninth level, you get plant growth, excuse me, and protection from energy. Thirteenth level, you get ice storm and stone skin. Seventeenth level, you get commune with nature and tree stride. Um, moving into seventh, you get aura of warding. Uh, ancient magic lies so heavily upon you that it forms an eldritch ward. You and friendly creatures within ten feet of you have resistance to damage from spells. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Just resistance to spells. Hmm. Very good. That's very nice. Uh, 15th level, you get Undying Sentinel. Uh, when you're reduced to zero hit points and are not outright killed, uh, you can choose to drop to one point instead. Once you use this ability, you cannot use it again till a long rest. Additionally, you suffer none of the drawbacks of old age, and you cannot add, cannot be made, bleh, you cannot be aged magically. There we go. I like this subclass, bro. I really enjoy this subclass. There's so many good things so far. And here we go. Here's level 20. This is when it has a chance to lose me. 
At 20th level, you can assume the form of an ancient force of nature, taking on an appearance you choose. For example, your skin might turn green or take on a bark-like texture. Your hair may become leafy or moss-like, or you might sprout antlers or a lion-like mane. Wow. Oh, lion, lion mane. Lion mane. Uh, as an action, you undergo a transformation for one minute, allowing you to gain the following benefits. At the start of each of your turns, you regain 10 hit points. Okay. Damn. Yeah. So whenever you cast a paladin spell that has a casting time of one action, you can cast as a bonus action instead. Wow. Enemy awesome. creatures within 10 feet of you have disadvantage on saving throws against your paladin spells and channel divinity options. This is good. This is good. This is good, dude. I that, love the lion mane. That awesome. is really cool. Yeah, I love the idea of having like moss like like hair. Yeah, that's, that sounds really cool. Yeah, this is like really good. I really like. I remember reading this one time and being like, you know what? I'm really not that into it. Just like the reading the start of it. But now, I'm convinced. This is extremely good. I've never heard this before. Twenty is a banger. Your aura is resistance to all magic spells or damage from spells. Your mm -hmm. your uh, your paladin spells you get your oath spells are pretty good. Your channel divinity is also pretty good. I think there's just a lot of good options here. Is Undying Sentinel, you go down to one instead of zero. That's what? That's like an orc feat. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm definitely in on this. Uh, Oath of the Ancients definitely is going to be one to look forward to. Um, this is the one we thought Luke could be playing as or Holthmere. The Oath of the Crown is sworn to the ideals of civilization. Be it the spirit of a nation, fealty, fealty to a sovereign, or service to a deity of law and rulership. The paladins who swear this oath dedicate themselves to serving society, and in particular, the just laws that hold society together. So they're cops. Your oath spells start out at their level with command is and a, compelled duel. This is Hulkmere? Yeah. Okay. 5th level, you get Warding Bond and Zone of Truth. Ninth level, you get Aura of Vitality and Guardian Spirits. Oh, Aura of Vitality is a really good spell, too. I remember that now. Uh, 13th level, you get Banishment and Guardian of Faith. And then 17th, you get Circle of Power. And I don't know if I can say this word. How would you guys say this word? Because last time I said it, you guys laughed at me. I pronounce it <laughs> as like yes. Ga Gaius? Gaius? I don't know. I don't want to say what I said last time because we'll get we'll get PC flagged. The community would be after me. I think it's Gaius. Gaius? I think last I think time. It is, right? I well now we gotta tell the story because people would like to know, I bet, if they've made it this far. We're playing and I'm playing a cleric and I cast Gaius? Gaius, whatever it is. But I said gay ass. <laughs> And they fucking killed me on it. Like, gay ass. And I was like, yeah, guy, gay, gay ass, gay ass, gay ass. Yeah, so that went really well. Um, you channel divinity spells at third level. Uh, champion challenge as a bonus action. You issue a challenge that compels other creatures to battle with you. Each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, a creature can't willingly move more than 30 feet away from you. That's a nice one. 
Maybe that isn't Holf. I thought it was because of the command spell, but I don't think I've seen Holf do that. Huh. Uh, turn the tide. As a bonus action, you can bolster injured creatures with your channel divinity. Each creature of your choice that can hear you within 30 feet regains hit points equal to 1d6 plus your charisma modifier. If it has no more than half of its hit points. Okay. So you can like bonus action, just like Pathfinder channel positive energy and heal. Um, seventh level, seventh level, you get divine allegiance. Uh, when a creature within five feet of you takes damage, you can use a reaction to magically substitute your own health for that of the target creature, causing that creature not to take the damage. Instead, you take the damage. The damage to you can't be reduced or prevented in that anyway. This is kind of like the tank one, I think, CJ. This is feeling like it. Uh, 15th level, you get Unyielding Spirit. You have an advantage on saving throws to avoid becoming paralyzed or stunned. Something I just realized, they don't have an aura ability. Besides just the base class one, they don't have like an additional aura feature. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, level 20, Exalted Champion. At 20th level, your presence on the battlefield is an inspiration to those dedicated to the cause. You can use your action to gain the following benefits for one hour. You have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. Your allies have advantage on death saving throws while within 30 feet of you, and you have advantage on wisdom saving throws, as do your allies within 30 feet of you. That's pretty nice. Just makes you more of a tank and supportive to your allies. Um, you get it per long rest too. Uh, Oath of the Open Seas. This is a critical role content. Um, I don't know anybody from the show that would have used it, so I'm just kind of jumping into it. Um, the homebrew, huh? Kind of. Yeah, it's critical roles. Uh, one of theirs. I Tug. think that's what uh, Ford was. Yeah, is that what he like went a, into? He was like a warlock, and then he was like worshiping an evil. You know, spoilers. Campaign two. He was. Uh, like worshiping an evil warlock god or you know mm -hmm. the god had like chosen him or whatever and then he got like saved by a good god and he turned into like a paladin that's pretty cool um, he was all about like being at the sea so your level three spells is creator destroy water which i thought was a cantrip so it's not that impressive anymore uh expeditious retreat Fifth level, you get Augury and Misty Step. Ninth level, you get Call, Lightning, and Freedom of the Waves, which is also a, uh, I'm guessing, a spell made for just this class. Um, control Water at 13th level and Freedom of Movement. And then 17th level, you Commune with Nature and Freedom of the Winds, which is also unofficial material. Uh, channel of Divinity, you get our Marine Layer. As an action, you can channel the sea to create thick a thick cloud of fog that surrounds you for 20 feet in all directions. The fog moves with you, remaining centered on you and making it, making the area heavily obscured. You and each creature within 5 feet of you instead treat the area as lightly obscured. This fog lasts for 10 minutes, spreads around corners, and cannot be dispersed until you choose to. Fury of the Tides. As a bonus action, you channel the powerful might of the waves to bolster your attack attacks for one minute. Once per turn for the duration, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you could choose to push the target 10 feet away from you. 
If pushed into an obstacle or another creature, the target takes bludgeoning damage equal to your charisma modifier. That's a really, really nice one, actually. Uh, Aura of Liberation. Starting at 7th level, you fill nearby creatures with the energy of movement. While you are not incapacitated, you and creatures of your choice within 10 feet of you cannot be grappled or restrained and ignore penalties of movement and attacks while underwater. Creatures that are already grappled or restrained when they enter your aura can spend 5 feet of movement to automatically escape unless you're bound by medical restraints. Stormy Waters at level 15, you can call upon... Oh, I lost my place. Uh, you can call on the force of crashing waters as a reaction whenever a creature moves into or out of your reach. The creature takes 1d12 bludgeoning damage and must succeed on a strength saving throw against your spell or be knocked prone. Level 20, you get Mystic Mythic Swashbuckler. You learn to channel the spirits of historic sea captains to briefly become a paragon of heroic adventure. As an action, you embrace these spirits of the sea to gain the following benefits. You advantage on strength saving checks and gain the climbing speed equal to your walking speed. If you already have a climbing speed, it's doubled. If you are within 5 feet of a creature and no other creatures are within 5 feet of you, you have advantage on attack rolls. Uh, you can take the dash or disengage action as a bonus action. Wow. Um, and you have advantage on dexterity checks and dexterity saving throws on effects you can see. So it basically gives you a bunch of rogue stuff. Yeah. That's really nice. You know, when you said mythical swashbuckler, I was really hoping it would just say, you get a fucking gun. <laughs> you just draw a gun. Can smite with gun. That's what I was really hoping for. So I'm a little bit disappointed in this one. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Memmer, sir. We're not really that. No gun. Twenty. Sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Oath of the Watchers. Uh, the Oath of the Watchers binds paladins to protect mortal realms from the pre predations, predations of ex extraplanar creatures, many of which can lay waste to mortal soldiers. Thus. The Watchers hone their minds, spirits, and bodies to be the ultimate weapon against such threats. Third level, you gain spells such as Alarm and Detect Magic. Fifth level, you get Moonbeam and Sea Invisibility. Ninth level, you get Counterspell and Non-Detection. Thirteenth level, you get Aura of Purity and Banishment. And then seventeenth level, you get Hold Monster and Scrying. Uh, your third level Divinity, Channel Divinity feature is Watcher's Will. You can use your channel divinity, channel divinity to invest your presence with the warding power of your faith. As an action, you can choose a number of creatures within 30 feet, up to a, no, up to a number equal to your charisma mod. For one minute, you and the chosen creatures have advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. That's really nice. Um, abjure the extra planar. You can channel divinity to castigate unworldly beings. As an action, you present your holy symbol and each aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, or fiend within 30 feet of you that can hear you must make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, this is another, it turns out. Um, I wish they would just use the same one so I could just know and just kind of skip these. Uh, it just turns them. <laughs> Seventh level, or of the Sentinel. Sorry, I had a whole bunch of burps. You emit an aura of alertness while you are not incapacitated. When you or and any creatures of your choice within 10 feet of you roll initiative, gain a bonus to initiative equal to your proficiency bonus. Wow. 
When you and any creatures of your choice within 10 feet of you roll initiative, you all gain a bonus to initiative equal to your proficiency bonus. That's pretty cool. Pretty That's good. really nice. I thought I wasn't going to really vibe with this one, but I so far it's not that bad. It's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, Vigilant Rebuke. You've learned how to chastise anyone who dares wield... I don't know that word. Beguilements? I think it's beguilements against you and your wards. Whenever you or a creature you can see within 30 feet of you succeeds in intelligence, a wisdom, or charisma saving throw, you can use your reaction to deal 2d8 plus your charisma mod of force damage to the creature that forced the saving throw. That's nice. Especially because up here you can give your allies uh, advantage on those for one minute. Uh, 20th level, you get Mortal Bulwark. You manifest a spark of divine power and defense of the mortal realms. As a bonus action, you gain the following benefits for one minute. You gain true sight with a range of 120. You have advantage on attack rolls against aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, and fiends. Uh, when you hit a creature with an attack roll you, and deal damage to it, you could also force it to make a charisma save. Um, on a failed save, the creature is magically banished to its native plane of existence if it's not currently there. On a successful save, the creature cannot be banished by this feature for 24 hours. Wow. Imagine just like bonking something with a hammer and it just disappears forever. <laughs> That's a real bonk. Real I like bonk. I like that and, class. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, nice actually. Class. That's pretty cool. It took a it took a minute to get to here. These last two are the my two favorite. Okay. If, really? I, if, if I had to yeah, if I had to play a paladin, it would be one of these two. I made a paladin that was Oath of Vengeance. Oath of Vengeance, I get uh early feels of Oath of Conquest from, just like yeah. from Jump. Um, yeah, these are my two favorite here. This is like the Revenger Paladin. Channel Divinity. First off, you get Abjure Enemy. As an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer of denunciation. Denunci denunciation. Using your Channel Divinity, choose one creature within 60 feet of you. That creature must make a wisdom save unless it is immune to being frightened. Fiends and undead have a disadvantage on the saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is frightened for one minute or until it takes any damage. While frightened, the creature's speed is zero and cannot benefit from any of its bonuses to speed. On a successful save, the creature's speed is halved for one minute until it takes damage. That's pretty cool. It's very like a don't move and it just perfectly stands yeah. still. Uh... Tyler, have you gotten to that point in Jujutsu Kaisen with that guy that uh, when he speaks? Yes. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. Oh, it's such a good yep. show. That's a whole that other is, podcast. That dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Um, okay. Uh, Vow of Enmity? Enmity? Enmity. As a bonus action, you can utter a Vow of Enmity. Enmity. That doesn't feel right. I think I'm saying that wrong. Enmity? Enmity? Yeah. That's too many teams, it sounds like. In Mitty. In Mitty. I think it's Enmity. En I have no idea. We're going to go with Enmity. I'm going to quit this podcast because of this. Uh, if we're saying it wrong, uh, write in. Uh, we, we've, I feel like we've said like 15 words wrong this episode. Yeah. That's why people follow. What's up with the paladin, bro? What's up with big words, bro? I need something small. Give me small We're trying words. to smite. <laughs> Hitman, smite. That's, that's all I need. Uh, I'm gonna go with enmity. Enmity. You, you could... say it different. 
I'm pretty sure. Every time. I'm pretty sure it's enmity. In enmity. Like, like, like it's like you pronounce. Isn't the that the e thing from Nemo? And then nimity. Enmity. Listen, you sound I'm, like just, Nemo right I'm gonna skip the word because it's only used this one more time, and we're just gonna never look back. Vow bounty. Vow of bounty against a creature you can see within ten feet of you. Using your channel divinity, you gain advantage on attack rolls against that creature for one minute. Oh, that's awesome. That is pretty nice. I'll take this with Rogue. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Uh, yeah, that was actually really nice. Okay, uh, third level spells. You gain Bane and Hunter's Mark. Amazing. I love that you get Hunter's Mark. That's amazing. Oh, that's so much fucking damage. Wow. Uh, fifth level, you get Hold Person and Misty Step. Ninth level, you get Haste and Protection from Energy. Thirteenth level, you get Banishment and Dimension Door. And seventeenth, you get Hold Monster and Scrying. Seventh level, seventh level. Wow. Seventh level, you gain Relentless Avenger. Your supernatural focus helps you close off a foe's retreat. When you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, you can move up to half your speed immediately after the attack and as part of the same reaction. This movement doesn't provoke AOOs. It's pretty nice. Soul of Vengeance. Starting at 15th level, the authority with which you speak your vow of... Oh. When you speak, your vow of bounty gives bounty. you gives you greater power over your foe. When a creature <laughs> under the effect of your vow of bounty makes an attack, you can use your reaction to make the melee weapon or make a melee weapon attack against that creature if it's within range. When you speak, your vow of bounty gives your greater foe greater power over your foe. So it. Vow is okay. So this class really relies on you using your channel divinity, at least for this feature. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You can use your action to make a melee weapon attack against that if it's within range. Okay, that's pretty nice though. So you basically, whenever you use this, you immediately get an AOO, and mm -hmm. hopefully. Oh no no no! Okay, so it's whenever they're already suffering from vow of bounty. And they make and, an attack. And they you make an attack. attack. You get a free reaction. Okay, that's actually really nice. So you got you got to vow bounty him first. Yes, you have to vow bounty. That's how you start combat, and then you start swinging. Maybe uh, maybe next session we can open up with uh, what uh, grade level we treat at. Yeah, that would be good. Like we take an IQ test live. Yeah, that'd be yeah, good. See, it's not not strong for me. Yeah. <laughs> me and Scott are currently reading at a tenth grade level. We'll yeah. talk about our uh, ACT scores, and that'll just... I didn't even take an ACT, so... There we go. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. But we oh, know how yeah, to play D&D. Yeah. &D. Uh, sometimes... We're pretty good. I mean, we don't focus. Play for Listen, sure. Sometimes that math is real hard. Sometimes I have to sit there and add up, like, 4 plus 6, and I feel like the biggest dumb-dumb. Yep. And I'm just, like, looking on my die, and I'm like, should I get a calculator? Should I just... <laughs> Should I just turn my stream off? Should I just leave? But I, I, I do it. Alright, 20th level. Avenging Angel. You can assume the form of an angelic avenger. Using your action, you undergo a transformation. For one hour, you gain the following benefits. Wings sprout from your back, and you gain a fly speed of 60. Fucking sick. You emanate an aura of menace in a 30-foot radius. 
the first time an enemy creature enters the aura or starts its turn dur there during a battle, the creature must make a or must exceed a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you for one minute. Attack rolls against the frightened creature have advantage. Imagine having this, the Oath of Vengeance, with an Oath of Conquest. And just the constant fear they yeah. both just yeah. exude. Uh, you can use this feature once per long rest. Last one. My throat is ever grateful we're wrapping you up. Made it. You almost made it. I couldn't imagine doing this with Fighter. Uh, or Wizard. Yeah, Wizard would be rough. And Cleric. Um, Alright, Oathbreaker. We'll have to read next time. An Oathbreaker is a paladin who breaks his or her sacred oath to pursue some dark ambition or serve an evil power. Whatever light burned in the paladin's heart has been extinguished and only darkness remains. See, this is what I thought Josh was because Josh was playing Nevitash as a godless paladin. Right. But I get, he may have changed that later on. I can't remember that. Um... So, Oathbreaker spells, at 3rd level you get Hellish Rebuke and Inflict Wounds. 5th level you get Crown of Madness and Darkness. My D&D Beyond isn't loading up anymore. Oh, there it goes. Uh, ninth level you get Animate Dead and Bestow Curse. 13th you get Blight and Confusion. And 17th you get Contagion and Dominate Person. Yeah, I can definitely see this not being a Nevitash subclass. It's very yeah, dark yeah. and evil. Yeah, this is a very evil man. Yeah. So their channel divinities, uh, they have control undead as an action. The paladin targets one undead creature he or she sees. Um, they must make a wisdom save on a failed save. The target must obey the paladin's commands for the next 24 hours or until the paladin uses this channel divinity option again. An undead whose challenge rating is equal or greater than the paladin's level is immune to this effect. Uh, dreadful aspect as an action, the paladin channels the darkest emotion and focuses them into a single burst of magical menace. Each creature of the paladin's choice within 30 feet of the paladin must make a wisdom saving throw if it can see the paladin. On a failed save, the target is frightened. There's a lot of frightened with the paladins. Um, They're intimidating. If a creature frightened by this effect ends its turn more than 30 feet from the paladin, it can attempt another save. Aura of Hate at 7th level. The Paladin, as well as any fiends or undead within 10 feet of the Paladin, gain a morale, gain a bonus to melee. I almost said a morale bonus, like that's how much we've been playing Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, gain a melee weapon damage bonus equal to the Paladin's Charisma modifier. A creature can benefit from this feature only from one Paladin at a time. So it has to be a fiend or undead. So this whole class is going to be like a necromancer kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. 15th level, you gain uh, supernatural resistance. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, the paladin gains resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. Okay. Um, 20th level, Dreadlord. 20th level, the paladin can, as a bonus, or as an action, surround himself or herself with an aura of gloom that lasts for one minute. The aura reduces any bright light in a 30-foot radius around the paladin to dim light. Does that mean it just takes normal light and turns that to complete darkness? Or maybe just snuffs out bright light? Um, whenever an enemy that is frightened by the paladin starts its turn in the aura, it takes 4d10 psychic damage. Additionally, the paladin of 
or I'm sorry, additionally, the paladin and creatures he or she chooses in the aura are draped in deeper shadow. Creatures that rely on sight have disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures draped in the shadow. While the aura lasts, the paladin can use a bonus action on his or her turn to cause the, the shadows and the aura to attack one creature. What? The paladin makes a melee spell attack against the target. If the attack hits, the target takes necrotic damage equal to 3d10 plus the paladin's charisma modifier. After activating the aura, the paladin can't do so again until he or she finishes a long rest. Holy moly. Strong. That's pretty yeah, that is fucking strong. strong. That's pretty fucking strong for real. Holy. Holy fuck. <laughs> That's pretty strong. I think my favorite is Oath of the Ancients. Oh, yeah. That's always, like my favorite one, but uh, Oathbreaker might be the strongest. Yeah, I well, think Conquest. just for the, the Paladin I have Conquest in mind. Conquest is really strong too, but Dreadlord is insane. Yeah, for, for the Paladin I have in mind that I want to make, and just how strong it is, Oathbreaker is definitely, definitely the one. Yeah, that was pretty scary. And in strong. Or at the bottom, so I think I'm just going to type this comment here. Hey. We did. We are the speaking is a free action podcast and we just read everything you possibly could on this class except for spells minus spells <laughs> my throat hurts thank you buffs my <laughs> yeah hold on comma thank you comma Boss fight. <laughs> and post. And post. Alright, if any of you get on the DD Beyond subreddit, or not subreddit, DD Beyond, and you go to the Paladin subclasses, uh, our uh, our post is down. There we are. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, that's my. Okay. Um, we have one thing to do before we can. Oh my god, there's so many things. The one thing to check out, and that is the optionable class features. I think we'll skip the spells just because we're about to go in. Well, we're at uh, hour 30, but we'll just do the, the optional features because there's not many of them. Excuse me. Uh, first off, at second level, the, the Paladin has new uh, spells they get to add, uh, such as Gentle Repose, Prayer of Healing, Warning Bond, Spirit Shroud, and Summon Celestial. Um, third level, an optional feature is Harness Divine Power. Uh, you can expend a use of your channel divinity to fuel your soul spells. As a bonus action, you can touch your holy symbol, utter a prayer, and regain one expended spell slot, the level of which can be no higher than half your proficiency bonus rounded up. The number of times you can use this feature is based on the level you've reached in your class. Third level once, seventh level twice, and fifteenth level thrice. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. That's pretty nice. Just being able to, like, call, call on a, uh, a spell slot if you need it. Uh, and then fourth level, this is one that a lot of them get, uh, martial versatility. Uh, when you reach a level in this class, it grants ability score improvement feature. Uh, you can replace a fighting style with one you already know, or one you already know with another fighting style. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we didn't really check out any of the spells. There's a lot of spells. I wish we got into it, but I, this is a good spot to stop it. And we kind of went through some of the spells, so. 
they don't get as many as I thought they would actually. I thought they would get more. Kind of just scrolling through this list. There's a bunch on here, but not as many as I thought there would be. And the thing that sucks is a lot of them get these spells as oath spells. Like I saw uh, Gaius down here, uh, Summon Celestials here. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other ones that really stick out. Banishments here. Aura of Purity is here. So, I mean, there's a good amount of uh, heroisms down here. It's like, you're going to get these spells already. Why do you need the the oath spells to give you... Maybe you get additional spells. Maybe I'm not sure on how that works. Um, but, yeah. Very good. Overall, this was a lot of fun. really like looking over Paladin. Especially because I've S never played one. S Still S tier. Absolutely. This class is a menace, bro. Truly a menace. Yeah, okay. We're at, we're in an hour and 40 minutes in. I started recording a little bit early, so probably shave that down. But uh, I think this is it. This is the Paladin, the Paladin class. I uh, oh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, CJ and Tyler, thank you for joining me again. Thanks uh, for reading to me. You're welcome. Now you know everything. Now if anybody ever has a question on Paladin, I'll know. We it's know right. it. Ask, ask me anything. Uh, can you uh, cure this poison condition on me? Yeah, I can actually. How? Uh, with my lay on hands. Well, see, there we go. Th that actually was like mind blowing to me. See, this is it. We're now the 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 leading science team on Paladins. Oh. Uh, and if anybody's curious, if you made it this long, uh, I made a ranged Paladin class, uh, which is on the Fireball page. Oh, that's right. We didn't even go into that. We'll save that for a future episode. It's the only class it's the only thing I've made that's been tested by a group of people. So that should that should that should say something. Um but thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, and we'll see you all next session. Yeah, my, my throat hurt. <laughs>